Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Coming up on our Relationship Hour, we're going to talk to the authors of a book called Mindful Loving, A Guide to Loving with Passion and Purpose. Who doesn't want to love in that way? I think, wouldn't the world be wonderful if we could all love with intention and attention? These authors will tell us how, so I think it's a really important segment that we're all going to learn a whole lot from but first time to check out our inbox your texts are always welcome connect with passion at 514-800 all right don't forget you can email me anytime to laurie at drlaurie.com so i got this one that says if you remember i sent you a message in late january because i found out my boyfriend was cheating then in minutes of finding out, he breaks off with me by text message and blocks my calls and texts. I was a mess that night, but thankfully you made me feel much better with your comments and that poem. Today was get even day and I did not even plan it. I went for lunch with a coworker and close friend at a local coffee shop and my ex walked in holding hands with his new girlfriend. He did not see us, but we saw him. My friend kept coaxing me to go tell him off and how much he deserves it. I did not want to make a big scene, so I went one better. I got up, went over to their table. The shock on his face was epic. I did not say anything to him, but this is what I said to his girlfriend. I want to thank you for taking this cheating creep out of my life. He did nothing but lie and is a user. He could not even break off with me in person or on the phone. He can only do it by text messages. Best of luck to you. You will need it. I went back and sat with my friend. About two minutes later, his girlfriend stood up and in a strong voice said, You cheating piece of blank. Never call me again. Threw her water in his face and walked out on him. So happy he got what he deserved. Thank you so much, Dr. Lori, for your comments and that nice poem on the night I needed a smile. Nice to get the feedback and, and to get the follow-ups. This is uh, exciting. It's fun. It's good. It, it's heartwarming to be able to uh, to hear the follow-up of, of people who have called in and who have struggled and who we, we all have helped, right? So this almost sounds like a movie, like you're describing a scene in a movie. I can't believe this like actually happened. Wow. So I'm sure you feel so much better, right? Uh, all right, question. Was wondering if I made THC oil and rubbed it on my girlfriend's <laughs> tight little flower, okay, would it arouse her? Would it numb her vulva? And could she fail a drug test? This is <laughs> a warm-up question. I guess you have lots of questions. Okay, does anybody know, like I have not seen too much research i've seen some on uh on oil usually the the cannabis oils or whatever they're selling now right it's like the wonder drug all of a sudden you use that oil for everything um i think that the research is only now starting to come out with the relationship to uh to sexuality i i might think that it could work. I just don't know if I would want to put anything 
that's not tested. You don't know how much stuff is in there. I don't know if it if the it's THC. I think it, you're better off with the the cannabis oil without the THC. Is that what they call it, the cannabis oil? Anyway, if anybody knows anything about this and wants to share, uh, I would love it if you could uh, contribute and, and help out. Like, what do you know about the oils, the cannabis oils? Uh, for arousal, for example, sexual arousal. Like, I would imagine that if you put it on a woman's clitoris, that if it, if the effect you're looking for is more blood flow, then wouldn't it work the same on a penis? And I would think that that would have been studied already because, of course, male sexuality gets studied far more than female sexuality, but that's a whole other discussion. Uh, so I don't, the answer is I don't know, but it isn't something I would try without having science to back up that. So that's my answer. But hey, there maybe somebody else listening out there can, can help you out and, uh, and knows and has more information about that. Uh, I love my husband very much. However, we have always had problems in the bedroom. You see, when I met, uh, when we met, he was a virgin, which is fine. I mean, I completely respect him for that. However, I feel we were lacking the excitement in the bedroom that I desperately want and need. My biggest complaint, which has been going on for a few years now, is that he doesn't go down on me, and I am not sure why. I mean, I'm clean. I take a shower every other day. Um, but I just do not understand what the problem is. I feel as though I'm missing out on something that I really need, and I do not know how to tell him this. Uh, I go down on him all the time. However, he only goes down on me twice a year, and I think that I deserve more than that. Please, Dr. Lori, how do I ask my husband why he doesn't like to go down, and how do I get him to change his mind? I do not want to lose a good guy over something so, uh, in quotation marks, uh, so trivial. Then, uh, number one, you're going to have to stop making a, a huge deal about it. But what strikes me here is that there is just not enough sexual communication between the two of you. There's not enough communication. Right now, it just sounds like uh, too, there's too much of goal. You're too goal-oriented, first of all. What is the purpose of sex besides, besides the pleasure, okay, that it's connection and being together. And we lose the connection when we focus on just uh, the pleasure. So I want you to think about that a little bit. And it's interesting because we just, I just had gave a talk tonight with a Kabbalist, uh, rabbi who we had on the program last night, but we gave a talk and we were like, it was such an interesting talk because it really, we talked a lot about intimacy and what that connection meant and how sex becomes a thing, an it, and that takes away from the connection. So I want you to think about that for, for a bit. In relationships, we also have to respect each other's limits. But it's hard to respect limits when somebody doesn't actually put down their boundary explicitly, right? They just don't do it. Avoidance isn't really a way to put down a boundary. So you could have far more respect for someone who gives you the reasons why they're not comfortable doing such and such. Like some people, whatever issues they have, wherever that comes from, um, they, 
it's just not something that it's their limit. We all have our, our sexual limits. So I think it's really important that that gets, uh, discussed. You can also talk about, um, with him about wanting to be a little more adventurous. And the way to do that is maybe start exploring things together. There are videos, videos, DVDs that you can buy. There's one called the Better Sex series that have all different, every aspect of uh, like sexuality. So they have uh, segments on how to perform oral sex. They're how-to videos, really. How to perform oral sex, how to uh, introduce toys in the bedroom, how to um, perform oral sex on him, on her. So, and maybe he just needs a little more education and, and more exposure to different things. But you can't do that unless you talk about it. So you've got to first talk about it. Coming up, loving with intention and attention. How important is that? We should all be living this way. Uh, You'll find my guests next. Very, very interesting. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Would you like to have a loving, passionate relationship? Of course you would, because we all would. Then why is it so darn difficult for us to get there? Well, we're going to try to make it easy uh, tonight with, uh, with my guests who will guide you through this. And I'm telling you, this is so important for all of us to play, pay very close attention because this has the power to completely transform your relationships. And I'm talking about mindful loving, and that's the name of the book, mindful loving, a guide to loving with passion and purpose. Who wouldn't want that? Well, we do, all of us. Uh, Kathleen Todd and Diane Basinger, I hope I'm pronouncing your uh, last name right, Diana? That's right, okay. Basinger. Wonderful. Um, thank you so much for being here. I was so excited to read this book. You have no idea. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, this is the kind of thing that every therapist should be giving their clients. That that was my conclusion. So on the it's on the shelf. It's on the list now. Uh, you, you, you succeeded with me at least, uh, tell me what motivated you both to write this book. Well, we're both therapists. We each have our individual areas of specialty. Mine is marriage and family. And, um, I was in a private practice for 30 years. I'm now retired and transformed my service into coaching and consulting. Okay. Kathleen and I shared office space for many years and had a common passion for bringing information to the community. So we developed a lot of really interesting cutting-edge workshops over the course of our collegial relationship. And when I retired, Kathleen still was working. Um, She was really inspired to to really write a book. I hadn't thought too much about it, but by invitation, it didn't take me long to say (laughs) absolutely. Um, It was the next best step for us to continue to share information with folks that's inspiring and helps them live fully from their own purpose, their own passion. Right. Um, and information is uh, is really important for a source of, of inspiring. So that's, now, 
that's how we started. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you're, you're right on the cusp of like this. It's so important. Now everybody's talking about mindful living. There's research showing, uh, how, uh, mindfulness is just transforming people is helping all kinds of, uh, people with all kinds of mental health issues. Uh, I have a colleague who wrote a book on mindful sex and now mindful loving. We have completed it. I'm so happy <laughs> that we're talking about this. Um, so maybe you can describe or define for you what, what you mean by mindful loving. So mindful loving is simply about being present. It, it's based in the, in the concepts of mindfulness, but it's being present with intention and attention to what's going on with yourself and with your partner. And bringing that into your loving relationship really enhances the entire nature of the relationship. Just like with any other area of your life when you're being mindful, if you think about being mindful when you look at a sunset, all of your senses pick up uh, and, and are enlivened by everything you, you're, you're seeing mm -hmm. and, and, and experiencing. And it really, mindfulness provides us an enhancement of any experience in life. And so mindful loving does exactly the same thing. Right. It really allows us the opportunity to enhance the experience of our, of our love relationship. And if anybody has experienced that, you know, let's say you are right there, really present watching that sunset, it does something to you. It moves you like there is exactly. something that happens to you. So right. when, when you're there with a partner, even more that connection, you actually feel it in your core. Exactly. Exactly. It's just, it, it is, um, it's such a gift we give to ourselves and our partner to be present, to show up and be present. Hmm. Um, because as you, as you said in your introduction, relationships can be difficult. And mindfulness is a way to help ease some of the difficulties. Right. And let's be real. You cannot, I mean, all relationships go through ebbs and flows, and you mention it, you know, you say there's a natural ongoing cycles of connection and engagement coupled with cycles of disconnection and withdrawal, which is normal. Right, right. And it's not a bad thing or a negative thing. That's one of the things that we wanted to highlight in the book is that there are natural cycles. The more we can uh, educate ourselves about this and the couples can learn about that, they can then be much more aware and mindful about, oh, this is what's, what we're going through right now, and then learn some strategies and skills to manage those cycles. Right. The book is called Mindful Loving, A Guide to Loving with Passion and Purpose. It is a must read. I don't say this often. This is a must read. Uh, Kathleen Todd and Diana Basinger are uh, our guests tonight and the authors of this book. So what do you notice are the things that tend to get in the way? Because I'm sure this is some people listening saying, yes, we'd all, we all want this, but things get in the way. What is it? When I stop to think about our culture, Dr. Lloyd, I think we're, we're becoming an attention deficit disordered culture. Uh, yes. 
You know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yes. You know, and, and there's two things that contribute to that. It's our relationship with time. And I, I work with a wide range of folks, um, given that I'm, you know, I'm in uh, my retirement, refirement, we call it refirement. I <laughs> yes. love it. I love really it. Don't, we don't retire. We refire <laughs> ourselves and, you know, provide service in, in different ways. Um, but it's our relationship with time and our relationship with technology. Yeah. Now, we all have the same number of hours in a given day, but given our lifestyle, given our ages, given our activities and work schedules, our relationship with that time is different. And sure. so I'm a grandmother of, you know, of two grandchildren. I'm, you know, I, I become a member of their family for three months out of the year in the summer, and I get it. You know, the, the cell phone is ringing, the texts are going back and forth. But you know what? It is a discipline to stop at night and eat dinner together. Right. You know, it is a discipline. It is a commitment to go around the table and check in with each other. Right. And that is being mindful. It's, it's saying you are important enough to spend these 15 minutes catching up. Technology is another thing that I think gets in the way of mindfulness. It can be an absolutely wonderful source of beautiful, mindful um, podcasts and pictures and and videos, um, but it also can be a, a distraction, and it oh, can yes. be, you know, it, it can be it can be very harmful when you're dealing with emotionally laden issues and you're using email and text to communicate that. Um, it 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 does not serve us in being mindful and right. looking for ma- maintaining connection and and resolution in that. So. Yes. Those are a couple of things that come to my mind when I think about the things that get in the way. And the, and the third one for me is that I don't think people have a lot of information about what mindfulness is all about. Right. You know, it, it's not something you have to go to India to do. <laughs> no. There was a time when that was it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Mindfulness certainly is something that we can all learn, and it's and it it is a, a new concept. It's, it's been around forever, but to focus it on in terms of our our love relationship, right? I think is a relatively new one, and we deserve to pay attention and to be present, be mindful in our relationships because it does help us navigate through all the challenges that we face in relationships. It strengthens it. Oh, yeah. There's a whole lot of things. And I'm sure people listening are relating very much. I mean, we even have language for it, right? When we talk about those cell phones, we talk about uh, fubbing. Are you fubbing me? You know, are you you phone (laughs) snubbing me, basically? And I have a feeling every single one of us has been, has done it at some point. I know I'm guilty. I know that if my husband says, honey, let's go watch a show together, and I happen to pick up my phone, oh, he'll give it to me. He's like, what are you doing? Like, can't you, you know, put your phone down, be here with me, be present. And he's so right. Mm -hmm. It's like, you you don't even think twice anymore. So this is why it's, why you talk about what I love about it is intention and attention. Like if you don't purposely put your phone away and purposely say, I'm going to put my phone over there and I'm not going to look at it. Right. Right. So that's really the key. Yes, because we, we developed a habit of um, using technology in, this, in the way that we have. 
you know, our cell phones became part of our, you know, uh, another appendage to us. And, you know, for most of us, did, did I certainly did not grow up with that. No. I always say that we, we're the technological immigrants. My kids are the technological natives. Oh, yes. Um, it, it's a learned activity. And so what we get to do with anything that we learned is we get to learn something different. And so it's a shift, a mindset shift to learn to pay attention to what's going on in our relationship to each other rather than paying attention to this device. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I want to, there's a lot of things I want to cover obviously, but where can people get the book? Just, uh, or is there a website that people can get more information about mindful loving? Our website is mindful loving book. That's two L's. Um, mindfullovingbook.com and you can order it there um, Balboa Press Amazon is holding it it's, uh, or selling it um, it's on Kindle you can purchase a Kindle uh, version okay great wonderful uh, my guests are Kathleen Todd and Diana Basinger they wrote the book Mindful Loving a Guide to Loving with Passion and Purpose and of course I want to hear all about passion we're going to uh, go uh, check in with our newsroom first but I want to talk about a couple of concepts that you bring up that I we have to talk about loving ourselves what does that mean because I have this conversation with clients every single day and also we're going to talk about a se- a sexual relationships and how can we what are some of the tools that we can use uh, to really be present in our sexuality so I hope you'll hang out with me for a little while longer and we'll get to those uh, those issues you're good okay all right yeah, wonderful From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Mindful Loving, that's actually the name of the book, but it is the topic of the evening, a guide to loving with passion and purpose, and that is throughout your relationship, the intimacy part and also the, the sexual part of it. Kathleen Todd and Diana Basinger are my guests. They are the authors of Mindful Loving. So let's talk a little bit about uh, sex and what is it to have sex with intention and attention? So sex with intention and attention is to be present, not only for yourself, first and foremost, I think for yourself, to be aware about your own sexual feelings, what's going on, your desires, your wants, just where you are, where your libido is, Mm -hmm. what you're feeling sexually. And then secondly, in connection with your partner. And in that partner relationship, it's what's going on together as we connect with each other, with all of who we are. The beautiful thing about sexuality, from my perspective, is that it, it is... It, it often can be that one place in our lives where it's a total engulfment of all of who we are uh, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically and sexually, where we connect with ourselves and, and our partners. So it does mean being being aware of what I'm feeling self uh, for myself, 
what um, it, and how I am connecting with my partner, with all of my body right. and all of my being. All of your being. And you know what's so interesting? Tonight I, I had the opportunity to speak with a Kabbalist. We were on a panel together, mm-hmm. and your book came up, by the way. I, share, mm-hmm. I shared it with the audience um, because mm-hmm. as he was talking about it from a spiritual uh, perspective, he was actually saying exactly the same thing you're saying. Uh, so the two really go together. And we were talking about how, unfortunately now though, we have separated those two things where so many people are not having sex with their being. They do not allow their beings in the bedroom, actually. Sadly, that's right. Yes. Uh, we, get, we, get, uh, we get focused on technique or just the... Performance. The, the performance right. and um, and rate ourselves in terms of performance and check make the check mark if there's an orgasm or if it was you know how was it for you kind of experience instead of um, focusing on the totality of, of the experience. Exactly. Now you know there are there are different kinds of sexual experiences and it's important to give ourselves permission for the variety of sexual experiences. Mm-hmm. There is within a healthy relationship it's it's okay to have quickies it's okay to have um just short-term sure. sex, so short sexual episodes uh or just sensual episodes mm-hmm. as well as you know what I call the gourmet lovemaking episodes <laughs> which is which is those the, those kinds of sexual experiences that in, engage all of who we are. Right. You can have fast food, just not every day. Right. Exactly, exactly, because it's not always healthy for us. That's right, exactly. Um, one of the sorry, go ahead. That one of the one of the parts of looking at the word passion is that sexual passion is one of five different sources of passion. Uh-huh. And yes. if, if we are not if we are not engaging in physical passion, mental passion, emotional passion, sexual passion, and spiritual passion, then we're not filling our cup that can then be drawn upon when we walk into the sexual passion and share it with partners. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I highlighted a quote in your book that I wanted to share, which I just love. Uh, passion comes from the core of who we are. When we experience passion within ourselves, we are better able to create that passion in our love relationships. Everything we desire to experience around us must begin within us, and passion is no exception. When we experience passion within ourselves, we then create that passion in our mindful, loving relationships. So beautifully said, and I'm sure people are thinking, okay, how do I get there, right? Like, I, yes, lead, living a passionate life will lead to passion everywhere in your life. But then the people have questions like, okay, how do I get there? What, what, what's the first step? Well, we've started putting a guidebook together for this very reason, because as we're working with couples, working with individuals. And I do want to make the point too, Dr. Lori, that this is not just for couples, even though the theme and the examples are for couples. We've had people talk to us about how meaningful it was as a single person dealing with a sibling right. or as a mother dealing with a daughter. Right. The language and the topics might be different, but the basic components of mindful loving remain the same in all loving relationships. Right. Um, so 
you know, we, we put the guidebook together and, and I would ask your audience to think about some of these questions at the core of who you are, are your strengths. Right. And your strengths come from the things that you value and that you've been engaged in during the course of your life. And when you're engaged with things that you value, you experience the passion and the passion keeps you engaged and growing in that area. So we ask people, you know, what are your, what are your strengths today? What were the activities that you experienced as a child growing up that you really enjoy? And then you share that with your partner and your partner shares it with you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, you know, you move right into conversations like, you know, what are our relationship strengths? What do we value in our relationship? And it may be different for each partner, in which case it enriches the relationship. We find out things about ourselves that we don't think about on an everyday basis. Right. We get to share that with our partners. And we hear something new from our partner. You also ask, I love this one, what would you like your legacy to be? I love mm-hmm. that one. Yes, I think that's a very, very important question. It's powerful. It's powerful because it really uh, makes you think, in, especially as you get older and maybe have had not such a fulfilling career maybe or jobs or things like that, that your legacy doesn't have to be about your work. It can be so many things, but it's just, it really makes you think, really makes you think. And and a very simple answer or focus of that question is how well did I love in this life? Um, And it's not just about what I accomplished, but how well did I love? Um, And and I think that's the common connection for all human beings is that we are all drawn to, to love. That's powerful. You know, one, one other point about passion, I think, in terms of your question, how do, we, how do we achieve passion? How do we get to it? This is where mindfulness is so important and so powerful, is that if you, if you think about um, passion, it's, it's an innate part of all of us. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as we grow up, we, you know, that gets, it gets dampened and it gets, it, it, other things get in our way of our passion. But think back about, you know, just look at a very young child as, as, as all of us are born as infants um, with this perfect sense of self and, and a great zeal for, for life and mm-hmm. living. And mindfulness, when we really pay attention, can allow us to tap into that very primitive part of who we are that is our zeal for life. It is about passion. And so it, it's the way that, that um, mindfulness can help us reaccess that passion that is there for all of us. It's we, a bit of a journey, and it does take some time, but it's possible. Of course. And I think some of it, too, and, and you talk about this, is the, um, the playfulness. You know, in, in long-term relationships, and you've been together a long time, and things, life gets in the way, you forget to play, just to play. And mm-hmm. I, I think we need to go back to those childhood times when we we were free to play. <laughs> you could do mm-hmm. that. You can do that with your partner, even if it's organizing a just a, a play date of a, a, car, a game, whatever, game night, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's right. It's okay to go to the park and swing on swings together yeah. and uh, just go for a walk to giggle, to giggle and have fun together to reaccess that part of who we are 
right. and to bring it into the relationship. Exactly. Well, coming up, I want to talk about uh, self-love and how, uh, of course, it all begins with us. Cliche as it may sound, I guess, for a lot of people, how you know, you've got to love yourself first and self-care and how you could do that mindfully as well. So that's a the, the, the question I'll have for you uh, coming up. My guests are Kathleen Todd and Diana Basinger, the authors of Mindful Loving, A Guide to Loving with Passion and Purpose. The website is mindfullovingbook.com, mindfullovingbook.com, where you can get uh, more information. So hang out with us a little longer, and um, yeah, can't wait to, to find out about uh, loving ourselves. with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. Do you want joy and passion in your life? Then you have to practice mindful loving. And it is a practice called a practice for a reason. You want to change habits? You need to practice new habits. And this is a way to learn new habits. With this book, Mindful Loving, A Guide to Loving with Passion and Purpose, Kathleen Todd and Diana Basinger, the authors, are uh, have joined me uh, tonight. So I want to talk about, as cliche as it might sound for a lot of people, that loving somebody else starts with the love of self. And I don't know about you, but I see so many clients who have such a hard time with the concept of self-love who feel unworthy, who feel unlovable, who feel unloved. Um, so how do we begin this process in, 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 in a mindful way of loving thyself? It is, it is an, a process uh, rather than an event. Right. And, and sadly, I think you're right, is that there are so many people who have grown up um, with messages that they're not good enough or not lovable. Exactly. And um, the, I believe, the developmental task of adulthood, you, you know, is to self-reparent ourselves in, and to be that loving parent to ourselves that we may not have gotten, to give ourselves the opportunity to get those loving messages that we are lovable, we are all lovable and all worthwhile. Um, it, it is, again, something that we can learn because, as I said before, I think we're born um, loving ourselves until we learn otherwise. That's and right. Some people sooner than, than, you know, later, sadly. Yes. Uh, and so it's tapping back into that core sense of who we are, that we are lovable. Um, and we're also, uh, and it's, it, it can be a challenge. It starts by... Um, mind, being mindful about every single day, how, ask yourself questions like, how am I loving myself today? Mm-hmm. Um, what am I doing that is, is, is self-loving? The other confusing factor, I think, is that we confuse self-loving with um, selfishness. Mm-hmm. And that we've gotten off track sometimes thinking, if I love myself, then I'm, I'm selfish. Right. And certainly the, the buzz term right now and the thing that we're dealing with is narcissism. Yeah, and codependency. If we love ourselves, then we must be narcissistic. Right. And, and so I think we have to be really clear that they're, they're very different things. Exactly. The, the ability, the, the amount of um, ability to love oneself is the amount of ability we have to love our partner. So it is critical. It is so important 
that we take the time to focus on how am I loving myself and let me learn how to love myself to the best that that I can right. and not wait and not look for my partner to love me to feel lovable. I have to start with that. And sometimes, unfortunately, loving yourself means extricating yourself from a bad relationship. Right, right. right. Absolutely. And it's figuring out, is this is this the right thing for me to do? Is this the most self-loving thing I can do at this point in time? Right. And that takes some soul searching. Oh yes. Which mindfulness, mindfulness is the is the is the, the the practice that helps us answer those questions. You can you can be quiet and go within. And I think when we do that and listen to heart, soul, gut, whatever you want to call it, that's the place of truth that can give us those answers. And not always um, what our mind says. Right. Not How, okay to believe everything we think. Right. How often do we tell our clients, what is your gut telling you? <laughs> you know, and they're like, yeah. my gut tells me this, but there's always a but. Yeah, but maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe, you know, and they make excuses for that. But their, their gut usually can take them in the right place. I think, you know, for the benefit of the audience, I would just share this thought. And that is that. Whatever feelings of unlovability or the lack of worth, it's a story. It's a story that you've been told. It's a story that you've lived. It's maybe based on some of your experiences. Self-love is an ongoing story. I'm 72 years old, and I just keep embracing all these new things that I learn. One of the things, again, a practical application, how do you do this thing called self-love? I think you have to know yourself first. And I think it starts with things like giving yourself permission to think about your three strengths. What do you bring to this world? You know, what would your best friend say about you? What would your children say they value most in you? Mm -hmm. You have to know yourself first, and then you have to appreciate that in yourself. It's not just what you bring to the table that is a strength. It's being humble enough to realize that you're not perfect. And that at any point in your life, you're ready to look at the mirror and say, I can be better. How can I do this differently? Right. But first of all, you have to be able to look in the mirror and see the stuff you like rather than just focus on the things you don't like. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You know, sometimes I turn that around. So if you feel unlovable, if you didn't feel unlovable, what else would you be feeling? Sometimes we don't have language for the positive because right. we live in survival. True. And so it's important to, to nurture a language for people. Um, I'm working with a, a gentleman. He's in his early 70s. She's in her late 60s. He's a, an engineer. She's been a, a, a language arts teacher. And they're just looking at me and they're saying, Die, I don't think we've ever self-reflected. You know, they're very functional, they've had communication, but they haven't been speaking from, I feel threatened right now, or I feel uncomfortable. Right. If you're doing this, if only you didn't do that, then I wouldn't feel this way. You know, I mean, when we can come from knowing ourselves and, and, and honoring, you know, and sometimes we forget the good stuff if we're on survival. Oh, yeah. For sure. Or you can only see the, you just see the dark. You don't see the light. Yeah. Or what has to be changed? What has to be different? I'm all about starting off with 
what's right right now? One thing that's right right now. Exactly. So, you know, one of the things uh, that you mentioned a a minute ago was, you know, looking in the mirror. And and uh, I think Louise Hayes uh, in her in her books taught us about her her mirror exercises. And when I talk with women, it's amazing to when I ask them how how often do you really look at yourself in the mirror? Mm-hmm. You know, we look in the mirror, we put our makeup on, we do our hair. Men as well, uh, they may not be putting makeup on. Um, but you know, to take that moment, that's a that's really a my, uh, an opportunity for a mindful exercise. Yeah. Stop a moment doing even brushing your teeth. Yeah, well, I give so that we, exercise to, to people to learn just the smallest tool. You know, it's a good tool. Yeah, yeah. And say I love me. You know, I look at the mirror and say I love you. <laughs> it's a very good place to start. <laughs> it is. It is very simple too. Any other uh, any other tools before we go that you could share that easy things that our listeners could take home and start practicing today? Well, I think sometimes it's nice to sit down and just start from today, you know, today, wherever we are in our relationship. Okay. What is our vision? You know, what do we want to say about our relationship? What are the three ingredients we want in our relationship a year from now? And what are some of the practices and experiences we're going to build into those three words? Intimacy, honesty, openness, trust, love, care, passion. Mm-hmm. A redefined purpose. We're always redefining the purpose of the relationship as the relationship changes and grows over the course of time. Right. So I think one one other tool that I would recommend, a simple tool to help with mind, mindfulness, is to schedule time to practice being together and practice spending quality moments yes. together. Yes. Yes. And in our busy world, sometimes to break a habit, we have to start by scheduling that time. Yeah. I know. People Same hate thing. that word. They hate the word schedule. Schedule sex, schedule dates, schedule. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If you don't schedule it, it won't happen. Exactly. Exactly. It's not going to happen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> thank you so right. much. And thank you for writing this book, really. I think it's uh, going to help so many people um, just, you know, get a whole new focus. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so it. much, Dr. Lori. And thank before you. you leave, we just want to know the, uh, let the audience know that um, if you were to visit the website, we do have a one half hour complimentary um, consultation for oh. anybody who's willing to just start. We want to support people starting. That's wonderful. Wow. Thank yeah. you. That's great. Thank you so much. The website, mindfullovingbook.com, mindfullovingbook.com. That was Kathleen Todd and Diana Basinger. I uh, I really do recommend this book. It's it's an easy read, and you learn a ton of stuff. Thank you all for uh, tuning in tonight and uh, spending your precious time with me. Thanks to our technical producer as well. Chris Aiken. Uh, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through the website drlori.com. By the way, this podcast will be up 
uh, by the, uh, well, Chris will put it up somewhere tonight. And um, if you want to share this, if you're listening and your partner didn't get a chance to listen or you know somebody who could benefit from learning about mindfulness and mindful loving, then please, please share it because it, it, it's just helpful and we can, you know, spread the love and spread the message and, uh, and that's a good way, uh, good way to do it. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you this CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.